0: Why are the Bucks struggling so mightily? What has Toronto done to win three straight games? Who will end up facing the Warriors in the NBA Finals? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show slash podcast slash hanging out with Jared Weiss after a Game 5 uh toronto at milwaukee exciting game lots to unpack lots to uncover lots to discuss jared you're you are you packed
1: no not at all okay i'm gonna stay up all night to get packed okay just to make no race happy
0: okay because jared which is your name to... and not a general race thing uh-huh you're going to japan is that correct I am going to Japan. Okay. So we're going to have to hopefully link up there when you're there. Uh, But you're still here in your cozy confines of your apartment in Boston. So let's discuss what we just saw here because um, here's what I want. I asked you this in a text before in the middle of the game. So basically the only thing that kept the Milwaukee Bucks in this game, in my opinion, were the first like five minutes of the first quarter and the first five or four minutes of the third quarter. So what do you think is going on in that little stretch that's killing the Raptors that is not sustained the rest of the game.
1: Well, you know, after last game, we had this brilliant idea that it was time for uh, uh, Eric Bledsoe to come out of the starting lineup for George Hill, and what, did, and what did they do? They put Eric Bledsoe back in the starting lineup again and put Brogdon in, and then Bledsoe went absolutely insane in the right. first few quarter, first few minutes of that first quarter. He had, what, nine points, I think, in the opening minutes there? So mm-hmm. it was, his explosion aside, Milwaukee was always just a little bit flat compared to Toronto.
0: No, other way around. Oh, his performance aside, Yes. Uh, okay, so we had a Bledsoe explosion in the very beginning. He hit a couple threes, and we're like, whoa, what is all that about? Um, but even though he was doing that, and he's, he played well, and he he actually scored a, a bunch of points tonight, he was still mixing in bad turnovers and bad shots and ugly shots anyway. So it wasn't like a complete metamorphosis into like a, a player everyone was expecting him to be he was still doing the same stuff we saw, just sprinkled in with actually some positive things, which then kind of disappear at some point when he's, you know, after that initial burst. Now, Miritich goes to the bench. We didn't predict that at all. That was a strange thing for me. Um, Because I think, yeah, I think our call was send Bledsoe to the bench and start Hill. Um, Hill, I thought, played terrific tonight. Yeah, he was really good. You know, and and again, it's like, so I don't understand what Budenholder is trying to do. I don't think he's getting the right lineups out there. And I think Nick Nurse on the other side is also messing with some stuff and playing with fire. Uh, it seems to me, and I should, I'm not going to, have to go through the footage more carefully, but it seems to me that there's something with uh, the Ibaka and Gasol on the court together. And then you throw, you know, Kawhi and uh, Siakam, you have length and you have, you know, the length and, and, and size. That seems to be the four you need to have as much as possible. And there just seems to be a little bit of a reluctance to kind of get them all on the page at the same time. In fact, I took a note here. Uh, he had a, a a team out there in the first half, in like the second quarter, Danny Green, Serge Ibaka, Norman Powell, Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet. And it was like nobody creates, nobody could get a shot, and it was there for three, four minutes, and it was a crucial point where they could not get anything going. It's like, why is he effing around with this stuff?
1: Well... One, someone just called him, uh, Master Cobra calls him Nick Physician's Assistant instead of Nurse. And so <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe okay. he just needs a little bit more training to get to the full doctor status and not mess around. But that that big lineup tonight was amazing in transition defense in the fourth quarter. I mean, they, they ate Giannis up at the end there. I mean, I know Giannis, he twisted his ankle with a minute left, and that's why he wasn't out there at oh, the very yeah. end. Oh, yeah.
0: I missed that. So did they announce that? Because I didn't hear it. I was kind of trying to catch up. Did they, he, they
1: yeah. What what happened was he like got down in the defensive stance, uh, like kind of like right on top of Kawhi in the backcourt, and he hyper extended his ankle. He like kind of like turned his ankle outwards as he oh, did that. Yeah, it's like popped to the floor immediately. So hopefully he'll be like recovered in time. It seemed like it was kind of a minor tweak thing, so it okay. shouldn't be too much of an issue. But it would be really sad if that took away his like you know hundred percent potency with the team on the you know with the season on the line here for Game Six.
0: Yeah. And and he came in, and I mean, I I need to look a little bit carefully how he was moving in the last possession to see, but um, certainly um, that is something to look at. Now, let's talk about the final possession here, because that was a little screwy. And I I guess not the final one, the inbound um, by Toronto. So there wasn't enough time to let him run the clock down and then try and get it down by three at that point. There was about, I think, what, 27 and a half seconds left? Yeah. So because then Toronto with the clock down and shoot it and the clock is still running on the balls in the air. The shot shot clock goes off and you might have a one second in on the ball. So um, I get it. But why were they sending three guys in the backcourt to the ball? Do we know? Could you you figure that one out? (laughs) I have no idea.
1: I don't have a good answer for that one.
0: Okay, well, um, that's a really interesting. I'm sorry. I'm monitoring the. uh, you know my Periscope on the uh, on my my thing, and I don't see us. But does anybody else see us? Oh yes, it's working. Never mind. Um, again, the Periscope on desktop continues to be suboptimal. Now, so that was a real strange thing. And it's these moments when you see that happening, when you see you know it's two guys going to the ball, and like Giannis goes into the backcourt too. Okay, now do you think that there was a foul there on Lowry when they when Middleton and Giannis uh, you know? try to trap him or whatever they try to yeah, do. Yeah,
1: they, they should have called that, especially just because these late-game situations, you know that they're trying to foul anyway. They always give that foul, so I don't understand. Was it Courtney Kirkland, I think, that didn't give that, or uh, Can't remember uh, who the ref was there.
0: Yeah, uh, it might have been. Now, but here's the thing. I, I tweeted it out in slow motion. Giannis doesn't touch him, and he should have. He doesn't even really reach out to do anything, so he doesn't touch him. Lowry is already sort of falling backwards trying to make that pass, so that's why he's falling down. Now there is like a little bit of contact sort of but in the slow mo if you go back on Twitter and you see the video there um I think you might be surprised there it, there probably wasn't you know it, it, it you know I'm, I know the refs don't want to do
1: yeah I'm looking at that and seeing the way that uh, Middleton is just like kind of like on top of him and I'm thinking that's a foul call like you're calling that Middleton is Where's the contact
0: where is he hitting him
1: you know I maybe he isn't making contact and you know what? The, the ref does have the angle on this, but I'm looking at how close Middleton is getting there, yeah. and I feel like that's going to be called almost every single time. But you know what? If they wanted a foul call, they should have wrapped. That's what you do.
0: Right. And, you but, but also the other issue here is – here, I'm looking at it right now too – Okay, I mean, I guess, there's, but here's the thing, there's a little bit of contact, but he's not taking the foul. He puts his left hand out like he's going near the ball, and he kind of rotates his body open with the, as the ball is moving that direction. you got to, like, move in and down and, like, really hack. You know, it's inexplicable. Now, had they not been so out of position and had four guys uh, up that high, that they would have just fouled, you know, a few seconds later and put them on the line. And then, by the way, it would have been Siakam, which would have been great for them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, throw the fact that in there that both Kawhi and Marcus all missed two free throws in the last minute. It, the game should have been over before this. So, in some respects, the Bucs were kind of lucky to even be in that situation. But, um, you know, here's the thing. We, if I were to add up the points per possession in the half court from, from Milwaukee in this game, what do you, I don't know, what do you think it's going to be? Is it going to be good or bad? Terrible, I would imagine. Yeah. Now, And by the way, Giannis' numbers were not bad. They were not bad, as I'm trying to delay my uh, sentence so I get to the final thing here. Is this the final? Yeah. So Yeah, but I mean, he
1: had 24 points, six boards, six assists. It's not, not good, Giannis. He only got to the line nine times. I mean, he just – there were so many plays where he attacked and thought he would be able to draw the foul, and Toronto ate him up. I mean, there was a play where Fred VanVleet tried to take a charge on him, and I think Siakam rotated over mm -hmm. to get the block. One of those guys got the block. And, uh, I mean, the fact that VanVleet was able to kind of stop Giannis was really telling of just how Giannis just was kind of off balance tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's funny because it was it was probably the worst like twenty four uh, six and six game you're going to see, and he only had two turnovers. Although a couple of the shots were like almost were turnovers the way they he ended up uh, releasing them and they and how they missed. He hit two threes, so it's like you know on paper that he had a good game, but all I could think about was like, geez, he you know again he got outplayed by Kawhi Leonard. But let's see what Kawhi Leonard's numbers were. He had thirty five. Uh, and for eleven for twenty five shooting, so he didn't shoot awesome, but five for eight from behind the three three point line, eight for nine from the line, uh, nine assists. So Kawhi Leonard was, you know, he's not like he's not seeing the floor like James Harden, right? He's not skipping thirty five like feet you and to the corner. Really. Or like Giannis. But he, he can make the right play. And I, I would have to imagine all oh, those nine assists, how many were for, for like Fred Van Vliet threes? Uh, maybe like three of them, whatever. Oh, yeah, uh, there's a lot. Maybe. And then and as a result, like that would have been a, a much more normal like five, six assist game for Kawhi. But he gets nine because Van Vliet, let's just talk about him. To me, what I saw on his shot was he was getting a lot more arc, which... We oftentimes aren't necessarily that excited about, but I think maybe for him and his natural rhythm, the more arc he used, there certainly that that seemed to be a difference in, in his shooting in this game versus when he was just couldn't hit the hit a bucket for the life of him in the early part of the series. Do you does you agree with that?
1: Yeah, it's funny. Him and Lowry are so similar in a lot of the ways that they move and they also have this super high arcing jump shot. They kind of need that rainbow shot to get it I guess just to get it over the front of the rim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot. There's a lot of shooters that think that way. Uh, I know Trey Young is that way, and I know Buddy Heald is that way. And I'll have more on that in the story coming soon in the Athletic. But there's a lot of shooters who their thought thought or thought process is they want to get a really high arcing shot, and they're just trying to inch it over the front of the rim. So right. Well there's problems I think he's with that. Those guys.
0: And part of the problem with that is, is that you can, it's harder to control the ball. So we have a lot of different thoughts. The NOAA guys who track a lot of the ARC stuff like want to say it should be forty five, is the, the optimum? And again, it's there's no optimum necessarily because if there's a guy on you and you gotta shoot it over him, then it's gonna be a lot higher arc. It's just how it is. But you know, in this perfect world when you're catching, shooting you're open, the forty five, I think it's a little bit higher than that. But I was at the Pro Basketball Combine for three days this past week. I shot a, a lot of great stuff, so wait, uh, you can't wait. You, you, you'll have to wait, but you, it's awesome stuff on court. But we were looking at it with respect guys who also chart. It had this amazing um, data and amazing uh, technology that charts the arc and then where the ball goes in the rim. And I saw one guy, Ty Cockfield from Arkansas State, um, who was the best shooter I, I think i have been around in a long time. And this guy was just nailing shots. And he was shooting about 42, 43 degrees uh, arc. And he was about 5'11", you know, and he had My to shoot God. over guys. And I swear to God, he and also the way he bunched his makes uh, were within, like, five or six inches of each other, which is a sign of a good shooter in the rim. Uh, and the, the respect guys were, like, blown away. He was off the charts. So what do I know? But the bottom line is, there is I think there is an ocean to, like, 48, 49 degrees. And that was the average we saw across everybody at, at the combine. But this guy was nailing shots at, like, 43. Nonetheless, um, it does look like, you know, for maybe specifically, specifically for Van Vliet. That's the, that's the thing that unlocked his shooting and they needed it. 21 points, seven to nine from three. He doesn't do that. Right. And they don't even get close to winning this game. You know, I've always wanted to be the Fred Van Vliet of fashion since I'm constantly looking for clothes that are really comfortable, but are also stylish enough to wear out as well. And at Roan, I finally found the one place for premium active wear that is engineered for unparalleled quality and comfort. Slip on their spar crew neck and you'll know exactly what I mean. It's ridiculously soft and has stretch to it, making it seem like it was designed exactly for you. Do you consider yourself a modern man? Well, Roan has something for you for every occasion. Their selection of premium shorts, shirts, tank tops, socks, and swimwear has you literally covered for every situation. And they're perfect for the office or the gym. And now, Roan has just released their amazing new commuter collection, perfect for looking great and staying comfortable at the office. There's no question the style is familiar but unique, as it rides the line between absolute comfort and the need to look appropriate in an office setting. I'm a sucker for pullovers, and their Sequoia quarter zip is awesome because you can have a nice collared shirt underneath it to get the perfect mix of business and casual. And that goes for everything in the commuter collection, from pants, Polos, shorts, and shirts that are all lightweight, comfortable, and wrinkle-free. Go to Roan.com slash breakdown today and use promo code breakdown to get 20% off your first purchase. That's R-H-O-N-E dot com slash breakdown, promo code breakdown, for 20% off. Roan.com slash breakdown, promo code breakdown.
1: Uh, someone wants to know who won. We're not going to tell you. Um... Giannis equals soft, Giannis overrated. We're seeing a lot of Giannis hate tonight in the chat, and I'm wondering, as a rational human being who doesn't overreact to moments, what do you think of Giannis in light of the series shifting Toronto's direction?
0: Well, you know, he's not quite ready, right? He's not an MVP. He's not playing like an MVP would. Is that safe to say?
1: I think he's close, but not quite... I mean I, I wouldn't I w- no I don't think it's a fair statement. I think he's playing really well, but we're seeing the limitation of Milwaukee is that it's extremely dependent on him and there's only one other guy on the floor that can reliably playmake for himself and Bledsoe's kind of up and down and we're just seeing that Toronto is, has a better balance at this point.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and and well, I, well, is it a better balance? I mean, certainly tonight was, but there's no yeah. question that the Kawhi, right? He is. And by the way, how much better did Kawhi look tonight, movement wise? I mean, it's like night and day. Do you, what did they do to him? Do you know? Do we know? He must
1: have, probably went to Germany for a PRP injection in between games. I don't know. But, Seriously, it was—it's was, it's
0: insane what he did, right? I mean, he was moving like his like like his old self.
1: Yeah, uh, he. I, you know what, I'm not 100 percent sure because I, I feel like his hard change of direction isn't quite where it is. So I think there's still even a little bit more for him to do to really get, you know, kind of physically where he needs to be to beat the Warriors, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's getting it. I, it's funny, like, I when I was watching the game, it didn't feel like he was really c- uh, crushing Milwaukee until that late fourth quarter run. But you just see the he's just so persistent; it piles up, and before you know it. He's just kind of chipping away to 35 points.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, you know, let's quickly go to Rob87878 asks about the referees. And thought that there was, um, you know, an agenda going on. In a Game 5, it's hard to think that there's an agenda necessarily because, you know, there's going to be a Game 6. And so it's hard to sort of force that. And I, I can't see the narrative of them wanting Toronto over the Bucks right, at this point, market-wise. So it's hard to get instances of that. But did you, I was concerned. I thought the referee was horrible tonight. Didn't you? It didn't feel very good, that's for sure. And, but, and, and I say horrible only because it felt like both fan bases should be upset, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I I never. It's so rare to find a officiating being lopsided. It's either really bad or really good. Most games.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you know, Tony Brothers. Literally, I kind of got to the game late, and I turned it on right when uh, they call Siakam's second foul. And it was like he's going to the basket. He, he he lays it in. There's like a little like it should have been a no call at best. And they give him a charge. I mean, it was uh, and it went from there. Now that review of the Brogdon thing, the first couple of, uh, of angles, I was like, I didn't really see it, but I guess they got it right. It definitely hit off his right chin.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, I think they had it right. Okay, so and you didn't miss or he missed the game, basically uh, Brogden uh, tried to rip through in the in the deep corner. Uh, they were probably only down by three at that point, I believe. I, I can't remember now. And um. And he just sort of lost the ball, or I don't know if it got deflected briefly by Siakam and then just hit off of uh, Brogdon's hit, right shin. It's
1: Siakam's leg when he did the, the sweep move, and that's oh, what and caused that to happen.
0: Okay, yeah. So, uh, and again, uh, it, it, the play calling wasn't that great. They kind of just like, spread it out. They weren't sort of trying to set screens to get people opening on to catch and go. And, um, you know, it was uh, – that, that is the problem that we've talked about for all this time with the Bucks. If they can't get enough fast break scoring, then they really struggle. And we know that these kind of games, in the Eastern Conference Finals, you're going to have a lot more of a frequency of half court than you are full court. And by the way, I want to give all the credit in the world to Milwaukee for being able to increase that frequency of fast breaks in the playoffs for a lot of these games, which is why they were winning. But you can argue that that's sort of smoke and mirrors because, you know, they were just... I mean, they were... It, it was, if it was 0.9 points per possession in the half court, it was 1.2 in the full court, and they were getting, you know, 25 points in that stretch. That's a, that's a huge dichotomy that they were able to capitalize on. As soon as it gets below 20 points, a fast break, and as soon as the frequency gets down to 20% or so, then they don't have much, right?
1: Pretty much. And, um, I mean, but Milwaukee's whole thing has always been that when you miss a shot against them, they're going to try to run down your throat. And, I mean, that's how they've been finding success the entire season so it's like you shouldn't really expect that to change too much in the postseason that's going to be their mo right. and their defense has been so good so far in the playoffs really before up until they got to uh, facing Toronto that it was like they didn't really have to compromise that or learn how to you know pivot off of that when it wasn't working because it's just it's been working this entire time.
0: Right, absolutely. we have um let's see d b Balba says this the series ain't over, but you can imagine Drake next game, especially if they win. Bucks are going to hate losing in Toronto, Drake will go off uh yeah, I think everyone's going to get a get a massage from Drake if they win right
1: <laughs> I'm winning for mine
0: <laughs> yeah um so yeah it's going to be crazy i think in um in uh in Toronto. what do you think what 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 should um is there, is there anything else that they could do, uh, Milwaukee? What's the adjustment that you might make, uh, lineup wise or whatever? Because obviously, like there isn't an adjustment they can make in the half court offense, right? They just they just spread. That's all they do. So what could they do? You think, Jared?
1: You could try running pick and roll with Middleton and Giannis. It's like why not throw it out there now? It's your one chance to do it. Middleton, it's been weird. He's been getting up, like he's been racking up assists, but hasn't really been able to score. So I I think that would be really interesting. Mm. I mean. I feel like they just gotta start running more pick and roll just to pull Toronto's defenders from outside of the paint. I think my main goal at this point is trying to pull out Toronto defenders to give Giannis easier driving lanes because right now he's driving into a trap which is usually two six foot ten guys at least, and the length is just is hurting him. Ironically,
0: yeah, and, and I will say this: Milwaukee. Let's see what their three point percentage was. Ten for thirty one. You know what? That's higher than I thought it was because they definitely had. A lot of makeable threes, at least in my mind's eye, I can picture some of them right now that they weren't hitting. Um, but I'm surprised. I thought it was going to be below 30 and it would have been a great thing to point to. 32% for the team, it's not great, but it's not terrible. And hence, and that- you know, it was a close game, but, you know, that's, that's, that's key for them too
1: pretty rare that they took 12 less threes than their opponent usually it's the other way around so i guess they're gonna have to get a lot more three pointers up they're gonna just just need as much driving kick from Giannis as possible and i mean i like it when they're in their driving kick scheme it's good because they're usually able to find an open three um but i guess the problem is that they, they at the end of the game for instance where there's um, there's overloading on Giannis and Giannis can't get into the middle of the lane. And so they got to swing it around. And then you're getting the ball to Brockton in the corner who gets smothered by Siakam ends up losing the ball mm-hmm. in kind of an unfortunate situation. But you have to have you need to have a plan B if you can't get driving kick. And Milwaukee right now just doesn't have one that's working against Toronto's physicality.
0: I agree. I agree, and, and so it, it, you're getting sort of like ugly possessions here that um, that just they, they're just creating hard shots. And by the way, Toronto gets a lot of the credit because they're defending well. They're not helping one pass away. They're holding. They're maintaining their positions, you know, just enough to win this game, right? And that's all it needed to do on the road. They had to somehow claw. I was a little bit worried at some point that they, all the energy they needed to expend to get back to, in the game in the first quarter and then in the third quarter, you know, they're going to just go to conk out and not do it. But they were able to get back quickly enough. And, um, and and although I will say in the second half when they got control, they got like a four point lead and they had a, or maybe even a six point lead. They really had a chance to extend it. And that would have really been devastating. I think if they had done that and pulled away, like I'd say that this series is already over and I'm glad to see that, that the Bucks actually held in there. But I don't know. I, I don't know if I have a great feeling for the Bucs uh, at this point. You know, they've now lost three in a row going back into Toronto, which is a difficult place to play in. Um, what would you, what, you think they're going to win? Think the Raptors going to pull us out in game six?
1: Probably. I mean, going back home, just the power of Drake's shoulder massages as we've gone over countless yeah. times. The people break down extremely valuable here. I mean, Jigglo Puff's got a one-month-old puppy. I feel like so much is just going oh. in their favor. Congrats, Jigglepuff. Puff. Uh, so, you know, there's just a lot going in Toronto's favor right now. And just, I mean, shit, Like, I think you need Chris Middleton to just have a game where he's – dominating in isolation scoring if this is going to change. I don't think Giannis is going to be able to get it done all all on his own, especially after tweaking his ankle, which, like, best-case scenario is he's just a little bit hobbled for this game. But, like, that guy with a bad ankle – like his whole game is being able to put all of his weight onto that right ankle and push off of it to do euro steps and stuff like that. So this is going to be a major issue.
0: Right. Now, one thing I did notice that this was the first game I noticed that, uh, that I saw that Giannis was attacking Kawhi uh, a little bit. I, I swear he was like a deer in the headlights whenever Kawhi was picking him up before that. He just wouldn't. He just give the ball up. So at least in this game, we saw him trying to attack more and be more aggressive didn't work so well I mean uh, Kawhi still was able to get his mitts in there and force misses um, the referees you know again like we, we say uh, independent of the bad calls or whatever they definitely felt like they were letting them play right there that's another one of those things it was physical and they weren't blowing a lot of the whistles that you would normally have thought they would have and that I don't even know if that benefits either team at this point no one's necessarily that much more physical um, you know you know what? I think I figured out what I don't like about Marcus all shot Okay, he only scored four points, and he was one for six. He kind of rushes his shot almost all the time. So he goes from, like, the ball at his waist until the ball out and up and out so quickly that there's an, almost no sense of, like, elbow bend and, like, shot. It's like a, almost like he's throwing it at the rim. Um, and, I, and I think that it's, it's no surprise to me that he's so inconsistent with it. He had a turnaround in the lane where he did that because he was so scared of, I think it was probably honest on him. Uh, and it was, I don't, I don't know if it hit the rim. So, I and it finally it just finally hit me. That's what it is. That's what's wrong with it. But they, you know, they're not going to get four only, you know, Marcus Hall going to score more than four points in game six, right? I'd imagine so. Oh, well, let's talk about that because Danny Green zero points, 0 for three, negative 17. And that was the uh, adjustment we kept saying that the Toronto needed to make and they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, well,
1: they only, they only played them 15 minutes and they relied on Powell and uh, Van Fleet for the most part. So, I feel like they, they kind of made that adjustment. Okay, and they I mean, they've they've closed it down to an eight man rotation, although I guess they've kind of been there for a while. But, yeah, I'd say they went they went away from green sufficiently.
0: Yeah, Uh, they did. But it's like, why why F around? Just just get him out of the get get Powell in the starting lineup and go and go 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 crazy in the beginning because you saw what happened. Right. They had they went down so quickly in the beginning. We do have a uh, super chat. The Silver Dragon. Thank you so much. Uh, wants to know what happened with Giannis at the end. We kind of talked about it, but we'll quickly uh, fill it in. Uh, Jared, you had illustrated that. I'll just give it. He uh, he inverted his ankle, so he didn't roll it like we normally see. He turned it the other way when stepping on uh, Kawhi's foot in the backcourt, uh, trying to pressure. Didn't and- even
1: step on his foot. He just like kind of put his tippy-toe out to get around it. Oh, okay. And then that's how it happened, yeah.
0: Right. So he got uh, you know in a bad way. Now um, – they didn't do anything when he came out in fact he came out and he was kind of standing at the bat at the he didn't go from the scores table right he didn't move from there
1: right no he just kind of like st- he like sat on the table which was like half standing half right. sitting and, yeah.
0: and, which made again that made no sense because they needed him he wasn't in for their that last uh, half court possession so they're going to have to answer that i want to know what Bunholzer was thinking at that point why they like it, you know if you take him out there you know, then then why is he ready to go right back in? Like why are you taking him out then? It didn't make that didn't make a lot of sense to me, right? Or did it make sense to you?
1: No, I don't think it made sense to anyone. Okay. Um, but you know what it's it's weird. It's like ever since uh ever since Nurse put Kawhi on Giannis, the series has kind of flipped on its head. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, that was good for Middleton and that Middleton at 30 last game and he had twenty one the game before that. You know, tonight Middleton just didn't have it. They needed to turn around. But like by putting the pressure of Kawhi up high on Giannis, Giannis just isn't getting into the lane in half court the way that he usually does. And I think, hell, maybe they thought at the end there that just with Kawhi out there, they're worried that the possession wasn't going to go well with Giannis out there if he's not able to get any push off. And they're thinking with Giannis on him, with the way that or with Kawhi on Giannis, with the way that Kawhi gets his hands in there and makes it hard to trip because Giannis isn't a pull up shooter. That having him try to launch and drive into the teeth of the defense with that kind of coverage would have just gotten really poorly, and we're seeing lately that when Giannis turns his back up high above the free throw line, the play is like almost over the entire all the time. We had that happen. I think it was like kind of late fourth quarter or like beginning of crunch time where Kawhi was guarding him. Giannis tried to turn his back and then he did kind of try to do like kind of like a weird turnaround floater mm-hmm. that almost airballed if it didn't actually airball. And Kawhi's just done such an amazing job of really forcing Giannis to turn away.
0: Absolutely. And once you do that
1: with him, the, the play's over.
0: Right, because, again, Giannis does not have any sort of back-to-the-basket moves, really, besides just sort of like lowering your shoulder and trying to, you know, yeah, you're around him. He needs a hook. He needs up and under. He needs more footwork. Uh, and he's young. He'll get that, I suppose. But he, you know, that's a real big gap sure. in his game as well. And and you know, it, 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 you might want to wonder why Nick Nurse took so long, took two games, and go down too low to actually make that adjustment that we were calling for. But he did, and it's probably going to win them a series. Andrew Zhu, uh, another super chat. Thank you so much. Why is so first team defense? Oh, I saw that. And you know, first of all, you know, Clay has not made a first or second team defense all defense, right? No. And that's I just think that's outrageous to me. But um, the whole all the first team in you know team defense stuff is just wild. Now there there are moments where Bloodsilk can overwhelm guards uh, on the ball, but I've never seen him be very good off the ball. And I've also seen him when he's sort of you know diving and you know gambling for steals and gets out of position. Uh, it's really unclear to me. Do we know how that's actually? Is that just who, who votes for the all defensive team?
1: Uh, it's media. And by the way, I should clarify when, when I, you asked the question before, Clay did make the second team this year. He just hadn't oh, he, like he had not previously made it. Yeah. Oh good. It was just okay. that was the first time he had made it. First timers were smart, Bledsoe, and Clay, I believe, was the only those are just those three.
0: Okay, so um, yeah, so the media does it, and, and you know the media. If there's one thing that I ended up getting involved with, and it happened again to again tonight when I showed a, a a rotation, and guess who? Bledsoe doesn't complete the rotation to get to the corner for a somebody three a wide open three in the corner by somebody. Anyway, I think it was Van Vliet. Um, and they argue with me saying, "No, it's not right. That's not the right rotation." And I'm like, "Listen." If there's one thing I understand, it's defensive rotations, and it's the one thing that I get the most, like, pushback and arguing with. It's really strange. And so I have to imagine that the media are equally um, mystified by defense in that same idea because, again, why he got first team, I have no idea. Uh, at the very least, you know, Clay should be first team and then, you know, maybe second team. But I, I think there's I, – I have to look through my brain and figure out who else would be there, but there's got to be at least two other guys who I would say are in that position who are – well, it's so a, all
1: right. Well, if you look at the guards, so Marcus Smart was the leading vote getter, which I okay. thought was you know, a pretty good one. um Then you had Drew Holiday, who would usually be the first team guy, but their defense was so horrible this year. Aside from him, yeah, that it was kind of hard to, to justify him being first team. But I think I think Drew and Smart are the two best defensive guards in the league, and then Clay's probably right there. Okay. So Clay was the other guy. I can tell you who the other vote getters were. I think. Um, But, you know, Derek White, I thought was going to get it. I was surprised he didn't. Um,
0: He's just not a name yet.
1: Yeah. But, well, DeJounte Murray got it last year in his second season. So I
0: thought White was going to get it. Wait, what, what did you DeJounte Murray got second team all defense? Yeah, first team all defense last year. Oh, I, I gotta pay attention to, to that award bet more. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that.
1: Oh. I, I thought I thought oh. White would have gotten it this year. I thought he would have gotten second team. but the reason why Bledsoe got it was because Milwaukee's defense was amazing in the regular season, and they executed. <laughs> yeah, they executed a scheme in which Bleds they do a deep drop scheme where Bledsoe pushes the ball handler into a trap out in the kind of like mid-range elbow area and it's smaller guys all year and they were like the best team in the league against elite scoring point guards right so he he did great stuff in the regular season but we're just seeing in the postseason that his they, they've abandoned that scheme for the most part anyway so his he just hasn't been nearly as valuable in that scheme fair enough and and you know what in uh the first round in this round they're not facing kind of elite guards although kyle lowry you know, who knows what to call it these days, but Lowry isn't even running a lot of offense. But in the second round against the Celtics, Bledsoe was killing uh, Kyrie in the first few games, and Kyrie couldn't really get anything. And really, throughout the series, Kyrie couldn't get anything. So, I mean, Bledsoe was very effective defensively in that one.
0: Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, let's give him some props for that and not, not so much props for this in the series. But we have some other Super Chats to take care of. So uh, the Silver Dragon, another Super Chat. Thank you so much, Silver Dragon. Uh, that Lopez and one in the fourth seemed questionable. So now I'm about to rack my brain because I feel like there was one where they blocked him. Like three guys blocked him at the rim, and they didn't call anything, and it was relatively clean. So that was one. Uh, do you remember which Lopez and one they're talk- he's talking about? I'm trying to look it up now because I don't remember. Wow. Um, Am I blocking the n one? Although I can kind of see it was like at the basket. Uh, yeah. But certainly, I mean, again, it just plays more into this narrative of like what, you know, the, the referees just were really struggling. It felt like. And then lovely day, friend of the friend of the breakdown, lovely day uh, with another great one. He wants to go off topic. So let's do that. What should we say? Okay. Uh, but, uh, we'll, you... we'll,
1: we'll try to return to the Brooke Lopez thing. I'm going to try to find the video clip.
0: All right. You do that. And I'll just I'll read his question. But coach, can you do a video breaking down your all NBA team for all three? Oh, okay. Uh, I got to do first, second, and third team. Um, I guess I could try and do that. I, you know, I kind of never do those kind of videos. I don't even, again, I didn't even know that, you know, who was in the first team last year on the uh, all defensive team. Um, but I suppose it would be interesting to do. Now, he wants my All NBA team versus who they vote for in the All NBA team. Um, maybe I'll do one for that. Well, at least maybe do the first team, who I think. Uh, that could be interesting. Um, you know, I have to wrap my head around that. Maybe you'll help me with that, Jared, too, because, you know, you can help me.
1: I could, I could try. I mean, you want to do a first team right
0: now? Um. Okay. Well, that what would that look like? So we got Giannis, Curry, KD. I don't. I don't think it was that hard. It was uh, so. Well, the the
1: KD is the hard part. So KD did not make it. So Paul George made it up for him.
0: Wait, are I they, think- Was all NBA already released today? Did I miss it?
1: I like. It. Do you just climb out of bed for the games and then go back to sleep after I, that? I, yeah, yeah. It, it came was, out today. I was, it was busy all the news.
0: Afterno- oh, I was busy this afternoon and I was just sort of, uh, you know, not. Yeah, attention. the, the big
1: story. So the big story today was that Kemba <laughs> breaking made Kemba made third team over Clay Thompson, so he got the Supermax. But oh, Clay Thompson cannot get the Supermax. Wow. Um, and actually, if you check out anthony slater's twitter a great our beat, uh, beat reporter on the yeah. warriors for the athletic he has this amazing video where he's he informs clay that he didn't make all nba and asks clay how does he feel about that and about not getting qualified for the supermax because of it it's pretty remarkable to see someone basically find out live that they lost like 30 or 40 million dollars it's well, uh, yeah. pretty crazy.
0: Did, did he did he have a, a big reaction
1: His reaction was basically like, you know, I believe I clearly am an all NBA player, but there's lots of other great players out there. So like, I understand how it works and you know what, but I'd rather have five straight finals appearances and get a ring and all that kind of stuff. So I think, I think he nailed it. He showed he was pissed off and he was disappointed, but he handled it really well. I mean, frankly, he handled it really well for the gravity of that moment. If some, if I found out that I was losing my chance at getting, you know, half a or what fifty million or thirty million, whatever it is, um, I prob I probably would freak out a little bit more than that. So
0: yeah, I, I, agree. I
1: was really impressed. I mean, Clay is always amazing every time he's in front of a camera. He's just <laughs> one of the, he's one of the most remarkable people
0: in the NBA probably ever. Really. Okay. Uh, wow. Big. Well, we got a couple more super chats to to, uh, to take care of. Jingo, thank you so much. He thought that Siakam would have made a defensive team. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, and he's, but that's the, also his saving grace in this series too is by the way, he, he has been doing pretty well. I kind of want to quickly check, uh, his box score. So even in the offensively 14 points on five for 15 and he hit a, a couple of threes, but, uh, he had at least one block, you No, know, he had three blocks and w- was very active and a steal. So yes, he, and he's so long and he's active and he, he, he wants to do well on that end. So Yeah. I I would have said he deserved at least, you know, something. But again, that list is tough, and you got to break in above other people. Uh, Anybody above him that we think shouldn't have made it that Siakam should have leaped over.
1: Well, so Draymond got it, and Draymond was like a, uh, you know, Draymond is obviously the best defender in the NBA, and he's proving in the playoffs. But he didn't have that good of a regular season, Uh, so I didn't think he should have made it, and. Maybe, maybe he uh Pascal would have gotten it there. Kawhi got the other forward spot on the second team, Kawhi, another guy shows in the playoffs that he's the best defender in his position, but didn't really defend that well in the regular season. The irony was because of the, of the way that the position designations are set up. So like forwards didn't get a lot of votes, but guards got a lot of votes. Mm-hmm. And so Danny Green actually ended up getting a lot more votes than Kawhi did. But because Danny is a guard and Kawhi is a forward for all NBA, Kawhi actually made the team instead of him which was really disappointing because as wings, they're effectively the exact same position. So I wish they could kind of update that. But wait, um, Dan- oh, are
0: you talking about for defensive team, Danny Green? Yeah. Defensive team. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Yeah. I, you know, I got to have to dig, dig and look at that list because, uh, and then figure yeah, out what that video it, will be uh, PJ
1: Tucker was the one that had the, uh, he, so he fell one point short of Kawhi for the other forward spot. And then Siakam was like 14 points short. So, So Kawhi got it because of reputation and because most people in the public and the media tend to be about like a year or two behind on defensive reputation. Now, Kawhi, it's because usually defensive reputation kind of trends. It's like usually your defensive capability probably peaks early and then drops off late in your career. Unless you're a big, it probably peaks later as a big. Um, But so – I, you know, Kawhi, I think this is kind of just an anomalous season for him. He's clearly proven he still is the best, defender, best wing defender in the league. So, you know, but I, I think looking at the voting list here, you have Tucker and Siakam, who were the next two vote getters, and then Draymond and Kawhi, who were the two second team guys. I think, yeah, I think I would have put Tucker and Siakam on that team instead of Kawhi and uh, Draymond.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just a mess. It's not even worth I mean, I, it's really what sucks about it is that it's so, it's so directly related to its contracts and how much they're going to make, because otherwise you'd say, you know what, it, it is a mess. It, it's not always that accurate. Um, And let's just move on. But, you know, it definitely is a thing that really affects these guys. So that's really too bad. Um, I just
1: have to quickly say something. There's someone in the YouTube chat whose name is Kawhi is better than MJ. I'm shocked that they're about to say this. They asked what I'm smoking that Kawhi should have been first team. They say Kawhi is officially the best defender of all time. And so great time to explain the difference between a regular season award and someone's actual worth. I just said like three times Kawhi Leonard is the best perimeter, perimeter defender in the NBA, probably a top five perimeter defender of all time. But he did not defend that well in the right. regular season. He was right. decent in the regular season. And he no, underperformed he, his usual standard, and he missed a lot
0: of games. He right. only played like 60 games. Yeah, load management. So, yeah, for sure yeah. That, that's, that, that should have affected it. So we have Xavier Smith asks, uh, is Kawhi proving that MVP should include playoffs? Yes. Which I think it's a great, great question. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for the uh, super chat. Yes. Right. Why not? Why can't we wait? I mean, I know they want to announce it during the playoffs, but but hey. And by the way, isn't MVP announced like really soon? Isn't it during the conference finals?
1: No, they change it. They have the NBA oh. awards now where oh. they wait like a week and a half after the season is over before. the oh, Yeah, they that's it.
0: right. Okay. So, yeah, Thankfully, absolutely. It should be the playoffs. No question. Uh,
1: so I've been I've I've came up with this argument when I was 12 years old. I felt this way. I mean, I'm sure someone else had that idea since then, But I have been saying forever my entire life there should be two series of awards. A regular season award that is given right after the regular season is over and then a full season award in which you combine the regular season and the playoffs. Now, people, some people have argued it should just be a playoff award versus regular season. I disagree. I think it's that what your, your your totality of your season is the regular season is for most guys worth like thirty percent and then the playoffs is worth seventy percent yet our awards don't even come close to recognizing that and that's just an issue that we have in you in the u s where all the major sports are constructed that way right it's very it's very stupid it's completely pointless it's very simple people like so I've heard so many counter arguments of saying well like people are going to value things differently. And so like some people will give too much credence to the playoffs or not too much to the regular season. Who cares? It's like, there's going to be difference in voting. There's already that issue with MVP and defensive player of the year. We already have all those problems. Mm -hmm. So it's another variable, but it's something that people will figure out as they get more experience with voting. And, it's just it's so ridiculous. Like, there's also the variable that people play shorter amounts of time in the playoffs. Well, then you probably reward guys that advance a little bit more. But you also could just subjectively adjust for you know an, an elite player that bowed out in the first round because his team wasn't as right. good versus a great player whose team advanced more. Um, well, it, but yeah, way, like it, I
0: don't think it, it does mean that um, you don't win MVP if you don't if your team doesn't make the playoffs, which is I think reasonable anyway. Wouldn't you say? Uh it would be almost impossible to win MVP if your team right. doesn't make the playoffs, but it's how it should be. Yeah, it's how right. it should be. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, I like, am interested. Yeah. But
1: but like Kawhi has is having an amazing season overall now that you're adding in all these playoff games to the to the load management for the regular season. And so he deserves that credit for because like he's clearly in a first team All NBA guy now. It's so, like you need to credit him. For everything he's accomplishing in the postseason, while when you look back from an awards perspective, this is going to look be looked at as kind of like a weird transition year when he's showing in the playoffs. It's not; it's another historically great Kawhi Leonard season.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go to the uh, YouTube comments. We got a couple more as we wrap up. Uh, Silvio Neris says, asks, "Do I agree the Bucks coach is not adjusting to Giannis getting trapped and double teamed and quadruple teamed in the last few games?" Um, yeah. Well, here's the thing, and I saw it with, um, yeah, it's with Giannis gosh, I got to chart it now, but it feels like um, their pass out of the double team is like back out to the perimeter and there's no um, uh, taking advantage of the of of the advantage. Uh, you know, by the time they kind of get it back around, the Raptors are doing a nice job of recovering. Whereas I feel like when you do that with like the Warriors, they're making one boom, 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 and it's a layup or boom, and it's an alley-oop, right? And it's here uh, that's not happening at all. And that, that would be part of their... You know, uh, the lack of movement on offense, they just don't have the system built for that, right? Does it feel that way to you? I I
1: agree with you.
0: Yeah. Okay, good. Well, there you go. Kevin says Was Green the player you thought didn't deserve to be a starter? Um, I don't know what he said. Is that Danny Green? Oh, yes. And that was, we had talked about that for sure. Green shouldn't, shouldn't be starting. I wouldn't start him now. Put Powell in there. Let's see here. Uh, Let's
1: say for the record, let's say they make it to um, the finals, which looks most likely now. I would not be shocked at all for Danny Green to turn it around and be extremely important in that series. And they need him to be, of course, because that's a guard heavy team where you desperately need him to be able to guard Steph and Clay.
0: Fair enough. That's another good point. Uh, We'll see. I'm still not sold, but we'll see. I, I, you know, okay, maybe um maybe can i uh, yeah can, can i jump
1: off track quickly i saw somebody i think their name is Lebronny or something like that asking is clay kind of like trevor ariza if he goes to a new team because he can't create his own shot and so let's dispel the myth of create of clay not being able to create his own shot he's not a good off the dribble player but he can create his own shot by moving off of the ball, and. Like he, he's, if he was on his own team, he'd be scoring 25, 27 right. points a game. He'd be an elite
0: score. But he's also scoring off the dribble. I'm seeing that. I'm seeing him get to mid range and pulling up and then, or getting into the post and abusing and, and, uh, a, a smaller guard. So he's
1: gotten better at it. But he, if you give him an ISO clear out against a good defender, I don't think he's going to be able to get to a shot.
0: Right. Maybe maybe
1: once in a while, but he's not going to be able to do it the way that most of these guys in the playoffs are. Yeah.
0: But then also, the the supreme gravity he has as he pulls people off, coming off of screens, too, opens up so much for them, even as a a second, even if they don't score immediately off of that cut. Uh, So, you know, it's just, it's not exactly like what you'd see Harden do, but it's just, it's, you know, almost as valuable for sure. Um, Joey Sagayo, yeah. Yeah. I was
1: going to say, he just is amazing attacking closeouts. There's a few guys in the league that do it the way he does it.
0: Sure. Yeah. Joyce Segayo asks, Coach Nick, I honestly think the Warriors will sweep or win in five versus Toronto, Milwaukee. I mean, certainly the way Milwaukee has looked the last three games, um, I don't see them, you know, winning that many games against the Warriors. I just don't. Uh, I think they have enough people to guard uh, Giannis, and uh, and their def- their defense is so good that they'll be able to shut down and and. Uh, and here's the only thing. The Warriors still have, on occasion, the Yips and still have turnover issues. And if they if they let the Milwaukee Bucks get into transition, they're going to win a couple games. So that's about it. Now, Toronto is different, but Toronto just seems like they're just not deep enough. Right? They're, they're, you know, they're, they're playing together as a team. It's a nice team. They're doing well. But it's a whole other level. I don't know if they win. I would think it's five against Toronto, wouldn't you?
1: Five and a half. Five and a half. All right. Good <laughs> yeah. Enough. But like Toronto is showing their strength is power in the interior. Their strength is containing triple penetration. That's not what you need to beat the Warriors. They don't match up nearly as well against uh, the Warriors as Milwaukee does. So, right. yeah, they're, I, I think Golden State should be able to handle this pretty well. But, but Kawhi is, you know, Kawhi's playing at, you know, elite, elite level. And if, and Toronto has the talent on board that if everybody's hot, they can definitely win the series, but golden state is just clearly more talented and they're playing. They are playing better quality basketball at this
0: point. For sure. DJ sub zero wants to know if we're actually reading the chat. We are. I see you. Um, yeah, we
1: keep trying, we keep trying to, we keep pulling stuff out of it.
0: Right. I mean, when you see this chat, man, you'll it's, it's impossible to have a conversation and actually keep up with all of it, but we're doing our best and the super chats are awesome too. Um, let's see here. Silver dragon was, I was referring to the Gasol blocking foul um that's is that and one is that
1: was that the one where um they called him oh wait no i'm sorry i'm thinking of lopez so then yeah wait i think the gasol blocking foul is correct that was um that was the one where he rotated over late yeah or was it the one where he was
0: oh no they like kind of turned yeah that was a charge i mean i i tweeted that out i'm sorry now i remember um, I, I don't know, man. That looked like a charge to me. I know Reggie was trying, trying to say, look how right he now. moved to his left, but it was like I, did, I I tweeted that one out too. You'll see it. Um, I and I add both angles in the tweet. Uh, I don't know, man. That felt like a, a, a again. That's the hardest call to make, and yada yada yada. But um, I don't know. That that was troubling to me. Uh, I just know just added to the list of like troubling calls. That I'm sure if they do the review, I would be. By the way, I'd be surprised if we saw a review of that play if they didn't say it was wrong. It was an incorrect call.
1: Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. All right. I remember this when this play happened, I was watching I was watching with my friend and I said that is not a that that's a charge. Right. So they call it because usually when you take a charge, you tend to line your feet up with the charge circle and kind of stay like you know, angled flat towards the rim, oh. while Gasol kind of like went straight out and put his foot out into the middle of the paint. And that's why they were calling it that way. But if you look at it, he just kind of goes straight into his path and you know, it goes straight up and he's He's already in position at that point. So right. I, I definitely do not think that is – that, that's a charge. That should have been a charge.
0: For sure, for sure. And another shout-out to Gigolo Puff who got in here and is moderating the chat. And can you email me again after tonight or you know, next day or so, please? Uh, I, I hopefully you still have my email. Um, but uh, also, uh, the, who was it? Sub Zero is also saying, saying something to me I wanted to respond to, but now I can't find it. Um, the, uh, where did he go? Anyway, I had a good point to make and now I'm forgetting. Um. Well, all right, anything anyway uh, well listen what do you say this is a great chat
1: oh hold on we got we got a, no another super chat about? here from Andrew oh. Joe who asks does Houston win the finals if they got
0: past Golden State so do and, and we Houston pronounce wasn't... your name right is it, is it Zoe or is it Zoo or how do you pronounce it let us know
1: I don't uh, it was Joe because I think that's not Joe but yeah, hopefully it's close but um, yeah so Houston yes I think would still win I think they they they're, they were definitely good enough to. They're kind of like a better version of Milwaukee,
0: almost. Yeah, right. Yeah, I see that for sure, and they are a better version. Uh, although you can argue that the Milwaukee is a better defense, right?
1: Yes, yes, I would agree.
0: But but the offense trumps defense, right? There's a, there's some sliding rule there where you know if you're that much better on offense than than they are on defense, you're better. So uh, yeah, I, it's an interesting question. Uh, but I would imagine that they would have been favored uh, and it would it have been, it would have been a, little, a little bit more interesting. But, like, who guards, you know, Harden? Uh, I mean, Middleton the guard him. That would probably be a pretty good matchup. I guess you throw Bledsoe. We saw that Bledsoe do that. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You know what? It would be really interesting because then we get more of the crazy uh, defending of Harden stuff, playing behind him, playing on the side of him. Remember that? They're the ones who developed that initially. That's true. So, and
1: Bledsoe likes top-locking guys into that trap, so they would probably want to do that.
0: Yeah. I would, have, yeah. I would have liked to have seen that, actually, believe, believe it or not. That would have been a fun finals to like, look at and see. I don't think it's a great idea to do, but hey, if that was working, then – and, and by the way, the Jazz did it, if you look at the numbers at the very least on, the, on, the, on you know, Harden's side, it, it worked. It, it, he did not shoot or play well. DJ Sub-Zero and a couple other guys did bring up the point, uh, where is game four and five uh, video? Now, I'm going to do a game five breakdown. Today, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, whatever. So you'll get that one. Uh, it just so happened, Game 4, I was on the court all day, every day for the last couple of days and so busy, I didn't have time to do Game 4. So I apologize. It got to be late. No one would have watched it by then. But I will get to it ASAP. Don't worry. Um, and then we're only going to have a problem if um, if Game 7 happens. I'm out of town, and I don't know what's going to happen there. Wait, because wait. No. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Game 6 is Saturday, right?
1: Yeah. What's so, I don't know what today is. Yes. today's Thursday. So game yes. 6
0: is Saturday. So I don't... Uh, I. I'm 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 out of town at an event for, for family. I don't know if I'm able to do. It. I'll bring my my laptop, so we'll see. Um
1: hey, I'm uh, going to be, gonna be in, on the other side of the world. I think you could you could somehow manage to pull it off.
0: Uh, okay, I could try, but again, I'm I, you know how that goes. Maybe you don't. Yeah, but when no. you have family and you're doing stuff, and I'm busy. So, but Sunday, you know, I don't know. It's going to be tough, and I don't want my wife, you know hashtag. Don't get divorced. That's all I can tell you.
1: Krocich, hey, we got one important question left here. Okay. Braden Taylor wants to know who likes Little Uzi. Do you like Lil Uzi?
0: Um, I I wish I knew who Lil Uzi was. <laughs> who is he?
1: He's a rapper. He made Sanguine Paradise. That's all you need to know, pretty much. You know, he's on the I new know. Tyler album. All important facts here.
0: No, I don't know any. The only guy, only chance the rapper might be the only guy I know who's somewhat new these days, and that's all. He's
1: a great. He's a great artist. Well, um, actual question: Do you enjoy? <laughs> Everyone loves the Lucy. Do you enjoy Drake's antics on the sideline? Does that add to the game for you or does it take away from it?
0: Oh, I, I love it. I think it's great. I you know I love you know, Spike when he was doing it and all that stuff I love it so for sure uh, I think it's fine now I, the only question is is like the, the you know when you're touching the coach or whatever that's a little bit too far over to where it should be he that should might be the only that. thing you know, yeah. I mean he, he high fives the guys I mean but you know they're right there and stuff and I'm sure a lot of other fans have done that in the past too who sit in those seats and that's part of like you know how much is he paying uh, maybe he doesn't pay anything but like you would pay what ten grand each. For that yeah
1: well they did apparently give him like a quarter million dollar jacket that they made for him so
0: wow okay yeah and they named the practice facility after him or something like that is that what you said uh,
1: probably yeah well uh. yeah they did right it was the ovo facility i think yeah. you're
0: right so. i
1: think i think he sponsored like i know he was sponsoring a lot of like uh, rebuilding courts for the youth in Toronto and stuff like that. Like, he's investing a lot in the community there, so okay. it seems to be a great symbiotic relationship.
0: Yeah,
1: um, okay. Here's the actual question Bryn, the actual Brent Forbes, apparently, who's the biggest Derek White stand in the world, wants to know on a scale from Pippin to Jordan, how good is Derek White?
0: Uh, I always have my defense.
1: I mean, I got okay. Do you think Derek White could be like an all time great defender at his position?
0: You know, it's funny. I'm so enamored with his game and his offensive game that I'm, like, I'm, like, trying to, like, kind of blanking right now for some reason defensively. Um, I mean, certainly he's got size. He's got the mindset to do it. Um, So, so, you know, but I I don't know. The all-time, all-time guys tend to be a little bit longer, a little bit faster, a little bit more explosive than him. So I don't know if he's going to make it to that level, right? Pippen and Jordan were, like, so off the charts athletically. You know, Derek White is not that kind of guy. But yeah. um, he's the guy you could build a, you know, he could be on a, a, a NBA finals team as a starter, I think. Is that That's right. Some, like yeah. Danny someone said Green, Michael B. Jordan. Anymore. Maybe
1: he'll be that good. Who? Yeah, someone said Michael B. Jordan. Maybe he'll be that good.
0: Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He could be in the, in the, uh, the third movie, of the Ro- third Rocky movie or third no. Creed movie. Um, yeah. Maybe. Michael B. I, Jordan I th- can't play defense, though.
1: That's probably true. But, yeah, I think White's going to be an all-defensive team guy for, like, the next decade. Although, I guess the tricky part will be once uh, Murray comes back and gets healthy, you now have two basically all-defensive guards in the backcourt. So I feel like one of them's not going to get their shine. Right. But whatever. I got to run. So we should wrap this up now anyway before we go down the Derek White rabbit hole.
0: I do feel bad that we haven't really – all of a sudden now my uh, my desktop is working with uh, uh, Periscope and I do see some questions there. But um, anyway – Stuff we'll get back to you guys in, on the periscope next time, do no question. Uh, you, I don't, so I guess Saturday is out for a post game show because I'm not really gonna be around and you're not around, I guess. So, uh, we'll see.
1: I'm, I'm ready to do it if you are, so we'll, we'll try, oh. I, I'm gonna try and make it happen.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm not even sure I'm able to watch it. I'm gonna be at a, uh, at, a at a family event like at that night, I, so I'll be lucky if I see the game. So, so we'll forget that one, but maybe game seven, Japan. This
1: is unbelievable. I hope, I hope the fans let you hear it because I'm out here. At birthday parties out in clubs watching on my phone going outside getting it done gonna be in japan and you're like oh i'm gonna be with the family so right. well you hey, tell that wife no i was just kidding hey, but,
0: but remember i can't do all this unless i'm at my desktop right i don't i don't have my wirecast and the whole thing set up right, so i don't even know actually, i can't no bring point. you in like you know i could do it myself as a selfie whatever but hey uh <laughs> but maybe uh but maybe oh it, monday night is the uh, game seven
1: I think so. We yeah. should get the world's largest Skype call going, where we'll just have everybody Skype with us.
0: Yeah, you know, maybe. By the way, one thing we could do is offer a raffle and like bring people into this conversation. You know, cool. give them a link, and then they can have it, as long as they don't share the link or whatever. But um, we could, you know, I can get up to like five people, and everything. So maybe we'll do that at some point. Maybe in the, during the finals, that'll be the big uh, thing. And that you're, sounds fun. Although well, you're gone till whenever, but we'll figure it out anyway. Great show, everybody. Great everything. Great questions, all that stuff.
1: Shout out JiggloP Puff forever.
0: Uh, yes, Ch- uh, Pop. don't forget to email me. And uh, don't forget, I'll, I'll get a, a game breakdown ASAP before I gotta get on the road tomorrow, I hope. So um, that's it. Awesome stuff. Thank you guys. And don't forget, at Beatball Breakdown, we're not a channel, Weird Conversation. You win. Are you in, Jared?
1: I'm in Japan time now.